You are Locked On Jets, your daily podcast on the New York Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast. It is Tuesday, October 30th, 2018, and I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Great to have you with us today as we'll talk about the New York Jets. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to it on iTunes or Spotify, and we'll deliver the show to your device each day when it's posted. Also, give the show a good review on iTunes if you enjoy it. We certainly do appreciate those who do so. Well, the Jets are halfway through their season. They are 3-5, and five, eight games down, eight games to go, and there will be a bye week mixed in in a couple weeks. So this seems like a good point to kind of take stock of where the team is and where the team may be heading. So on today's show, I want to talk about things I'm looking for in the second half of the season over these final eight games that I think are important for the Jets, not just for this season, but in the future. So these, these are the things that I think will help make the last eight games of the year a success. And I'll start with the topic that's probably at the top of everybody's mind because it's coming up where we are right at the trade deadline. So at the trade deadline, I want to see the Jets be smart. And essentially, for where the Jets are, I think that means that you're not making a deal unless it's something that's too good to be true. I don't think you're at a point where you tear the team down. I don't think you're at a point where you're, you're selling the farm to try and make the playoffs at three and five, because I don't think this team's you know, one player away. So I think you're at a spot where you're only taking a deal if you, you just get blown away. Now, there, might, there are a couple of players on the defensive side of the ball who are probably not part of this team's long-term plans. I'm thinking Steve McClendon, who's kind of old. I'm thinking Morris Claiborne, who is just a guy who's tough to give a long-term deal to based on his track record. And he's also not that young anymore. So if somebody gives you a good offer for one of those guys, I would look at it. I, I wouldn't touch the offensive side of the ball. I don't even know that there are many pieces that – other teams would be interested, left, who are healthy on the offensive side of the ball. But I think at this point, you don't want to further deplete Sam Darnold's supporting cast. So I would be very hesitant to deal anybody on the offensive side of the ball, unless it's something that's too good to be true. And the types of players, if there are any available in a trade, the only types of players I'd be interested in trading for are probably guys on their rookie contracts who are established good players because that's something worth dealing for. I mean, the problem with a lot of a lot of these trades for veteran players on their second, third contracts is that the vast majority of them for the va- or for the vast majority of them, there's going to be a player of comparable talent available in free agency, so you're not really getting anything out of it. If you trade for a young guy who's on a rookie deal, that means first of all, you have a lot. The guy has a lot of years in front of him. He's a guy who maybe will be around six, seven years. But also, you're saving money because the player is not making much money. Now, I don't want any deals like we saw last year with Rashard Robinson, where the Jets are giving up a pick for a project. Uh, and that's what you know. That's the deal the Jets made last year. They traded a, a pick for day three pick to San Francisco for Rashard Robinson, and Robinson still has not really made any impact on the Jets. Uh, so that's the type of deal I'd look to avoid. I, I, the only deals I, I'm interested in are for you know young players, guys, guys of that ilk, guys who might be able to help the team for a long time in the future, and guys who will not cost much against the cap in the short run. Those are the types of players I, I'm interested in. So that I think the Jets, so I want to see the Jets play play it smart at the trade deadline. And those are kind of that's kind of my outline for for what I'm hoping to see for this team. I don't think that they're in a mode where they should be selling off all their pieces. I don't think they're in the mode that they should be selling future assets off for immediate gain. 
I think they're, they're kind of in that middle place. And to be honest with you, as much as we've seen activity, increased activity in the, in the NFL, you really don't see the types of trades, the volume of trades that you see in other leagues. The NFL is just not a league where you see deals made that frequently. So I would expect the Jets to be quiet at the deadline. We'll see if they are. Now, the second thing I'm looking for is probably the most obvious and the most important thing, and that's just development out of Sam Darnold. I think he's been dealt a tough hand this year. I think that the Jets did not surround him with a great supporting cast. It wasn't horrendous, but it was thin, and it, was, it wasn't that great to begin with. And now that you're suffering some injuries, you're seeing that this is a, a tough spot for Sam Darnold, especially it particularly was in that Chicago game. But there are, you know, there are things that are independent of your supporting cast. And by the way, the supporting cast should start to get healthier. I mean, I don't think they're losing a Nunwa for the season. I think you know we can ex- reasonably expect Robbie Anderson back at some point, if not Bilal Powell, who you know might be out for a longer stretch. But uh, there are th- certainly things you can see from Darnold's that would give you confidence going forward heading into the offseason. This is not a situation where Darnold has to lead this team to the playoffs. That's just uh, you know, that, that's just not realistic to expect a rookie to be able to do it with this with this type of team around him. It's a, if if he does then it would be a, a pretty phenomenal feat and you know it's a, it's a major plus for Darnold, but it's not a minus for Darnold if he if he doesn't do it. The things I'm looking for are you know some of the traits that you see in the good quarterbacks just comfort moving within the pocket which he's shown which he's shown you know command of the offense you know Tony Romo was talking about this a bit on Sunday he was talking about how rookie quarterbacks are really just trying to keep their heads above water they're just trying to get through the the proper progression they're not trying to just attack the defense because you know it's it's all new to them These, these coverages they're seeing are new to them the, the fronts they're seeing are new to them. The speed the speed of the game is different. There's just a lot put on rookie quarterbacks. So rookie quarterbacks are really just trying to keep their head above water just to avoid a mistake rather than actually attack the, the, the weaknesses of, of the defense and exploit the weaknesses of the defense. And that's, you know, it's just a, it's just a complex position. And, you know, part of the reason the Jets are playing to Arnold instead of going, you know, they could have easily started the year with Teddy Bridgewater. But this was probably not a playoff team either way, so they felt like, let's at least get Darnold in there so we can begin the development process. So what I want to see from Darnold heading down the stretch, more than anything, is just a little bit what Tony Romo talked about. Start to become a guy who understands concepts that you see from the, from the defense. You know, with, now, that you're, now that you're going through the league, you're, you're on the back nine of your, your rookie year, there should be some things that start to look familiar, and you should start to be able to attack those things a little bit easier. You, know, you should you should be able to go into attack mode. Now he's not he's still going to be trying to keep his head above water for the most part, but it's not it, it's not an either or. It's not either you attack or you're trying to keep your head above water. There's a you know there's a ratio, and right now I think he's much more just trying to keep his head above water. I want to see that ratio move over the course of the last eight games. I want to see him attacking more. I want him to see him understanding things more, understanding how to exploit a defense more as he sees concepts for the second, third, fourth time. You know, the, the, and we, we want to see Darnold head into the offseason on a positive note. I think that that's something that would... It's not, look, it's not the end of the world if he doesn't. I mean, there have been plenty of bad quarterbacks who finished the rookie year on a, great, on a great note. We've seen a couple of them with the Jets in recent years, and there have been some good quarterbacks who stunk at the end of their rookie year and then bounced back. So, you know, it's not the end of the world if he doesn't. And it's not, but 
you'd rather, if you have the option, you'd rather see him go into the offseason on a positive note than on a negative note. Isn't it crazy how much we pay for new brand name clothes? Why do we buy new kids' clothes if they just outgrow them in a few months? Wouldn't it be great if there was a place to discover awesome discounts on gently used clothes? There is Swap.com, the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. Stop driving to store after store and sifting through racks. Easily sift through millions of clothes in seconds on Swap.com with easy-to-use filters to find just what you need. Over 14 million tons of textiles are wasted each year. Shopping secondhand at Swap.com helps prevent textile waste from polluting the environment, which is something you can feel good about. With Swap.com, you can save up to 90% off retail price on your favorite brands like Carter's, Nike, J. Crew, and Gap. Quality, hand-inspected items are added daily. If something doesn't fit, enjoy hassle-free returns within 30 days. And we have a special offer for our listeners. Get 35% off select items with your first order by using the promo code LOCKEDON. Plus, find new deals every day on Swap.com's homepage. Again, that's Swap.com. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on the Jets at MetLife Stadium. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving our listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you Go to your favorite event. We're here on Locked On Jets. We are at the halfway point of the 2018 season for the Jets, so it's a good time to take stock and look to the future. Talking today about things I'd like to see over the last eight games of the season for the Jets, how they can head into the offseason on a successful note. We talked about Sam Darnold in our last segment, and now I'm going to take a look at some of the other rookies. And I, I say this very frequently, that most of the impact players as rookies tend to come in the first and second rounds, A, because they're the best players, and B, part of being the best means that you're the most developed. When you get to rounds three, four, five, six, seven, you're dealing with guys who, A, probably aren't as good, but B, probably aren't as developed. You know, there may be a guy who's an elite athlete who, you know, if it was just based on athleticism, maybe a first or second rounder, but because he's a little bit a little bit more raw than some of his contemporaries he goes later in the draft because you're not getting that impact out of year 1 so what I'm about to say is all relative I'm not expecting any of these guys to make a huge impact I'm not even expecting any of them to be you know a quality starter over the last 8 games but I want to see signs of development from some of these rookies the Jets have on this team the guys who kind of stick out to me are Nathan Shepard who was a guy who was a standout in training camp in the preseason. He was a guy who was making a lot of, uh, so he was turning a lot of heads, and it looked like he was on his way to earning a starting job. And he really's been pretty quiet in the regular season. You have Chris Herndon, who is getting better and better. I think he's getting better each week. And you know another guy is Trenton Cannon, who was another again training camp kind of standout, a guy who was again turning heads in training camp and really hasn't 
done a whole lot. Although he didn't have as strong of a preseason as Shepard. So those are the three guys I'm looking, I'm looking toward. Uh, Shepard, of course, is coming from a small school, so I think you know whenever you're dealing with a small school prospect, it's always good to be. It's good to be paid. You know. It's going to be patient in general with rookies anyway. I, I always say that you should always take the under when you're talking about rookie production. And Shepard started to come on a little bit. You know, this was the first time all year I really noticed Shepard uh, Sunday's game where there was a sequence where he made a couple plays in the second half. So, you know, you want to see progress. And for Herndon, I mean, it's Herndon and Neil Sterling's out with a concussion. You know, Neil Sterling suffered a concussion in that game, so more opportunities will emerge for Sterling. When it comes to Sterling, uh, you know, you're not. I'm not expecting him to be a great tight end right away. I just want to see him continue to do what he's doing, continue to flash, continue to look solid, and continue to grow. Keep keep getting better each week. I'm not. You know, you don't need to be a plus starting tight end right now. That's not what the. You know, maybe what the Jets need, but it's not a realistic expectation for him. You just want to see him continue to grow. And Cannon is starting to get his chance just because of so many all the injuries the Jets are having in the backfield. He finally made a play. Last week against Minnesota, and you'd like to see him flash a little bit. He kind of played his way out of the lineup in the preseason because he showed a propensity for putting the ball on the ground, particularly in the return game. You'd like to see him make a few plays here or there. You know, I'm not asking for these guys to be great players. I'm just asking for them for us to notice them, for them to look like they're improving, and hopefully, in that off season, which a lot of people think is the most important off season, the off season where players improve the most between their rookie and second year, set themselves up for. A potential, uh, p- potentially a big, big growth in the off season. Now, another thing I want to see is for some of the relatively disappointing players to improve their game. And there, you know, there are three guys who kind of stick out to me. One is Robbie Anderson, who you know has had his moments, but really has just not put together the type of season anybody was hoping for. You know, he hasn't yet shown an ability to do anything beyond run the deep route, and you're starting to see that. You know, he he feasted for like a, there was a five game stretch last year where he got over half of his yardage, but he was producing on deep routes at such an unsustainable rate that he was going to have to diversify his game a little bit if he was going to continue to remain as productive. He hasn't been able to do that so far, so I'd like to see his game grow a little bit. You know, over the second half of the season, he's still young. You know, he's still young enough where he could make an improvement. Uh, so the, you know, that's number one, and then the two big-ticket free agent signings the Jets have, who have just really been disappointments so far. And on the offensive side of the ball, that's Spencer Long, who, uh, believe it or not, I'm looking at, you know, it's difficult to judge offensive linemen on stats, but there are a couple ways you can look at it. And, I mean, the stats I look at, they say they suggest that he's been less effective than Wesley Johnson as a pass blocker, less effective as a run blocker, more prone to penalties, and we know what bad snaps there have been. Maybe that's because of the hand injury, but... He's not been snapping the ball for. It's amazing to say, and people kind of throw out curse in a cursory way. They say, "Well, he's an upgrade over Wesley Johnson because they remember Wesley Johnson being so bad." But I think there's a lot of evidence Spencer Long's been even worse, which is just amazing to me because I never thought he's a, he was a better player. Then that's the one thing that gives me hope is that players regress to the mean. And Spencer Long was a better player than Wesley Johnson in Washington, even if he's not going to live up to the contract he's got. He should be a better player. He should grow into a better player over the second half. So that's one guy to watch regress to the mean in a positive way. And then the, the other guy is the defensive big-ticket free agent signing Tremaine Johnson, who, I mean, I, there's nothing else you can say. This has been this has looked like a disastrous contract so far. It's not over yet, but it, it really looks bad. Uh, I don't think you can say anything else. He's been consistently burned. 
you know, we, we heard about what a great press coverage guy he was. Well, he getting toasted by Dante Moncrief down in Jacksonville playing press, who's not that great of a receiver. We're, you know, he's been banged up. He's been hasn't even played in a few weeks. You know, and now I'm starting to hear these things about. Well, he's not really a speed guy. You have to you have to give him the right match. I mean, we're, you're paying this guy how much money, and you have to shelter him. That's not you know that's not acceptable. So Tremaine Johnson, I, I'm worried about this one because he showed signs of deterioration last year. 28 is not that young for a corner i mean and for corners sometimes when it goes it goes quick so i think there's a lot of concern over trumaine johnson he's got to come back and play better in the second half we're here on locked on jets today talking about the second half of the jet season we're looking forward to it i'm giving you some things that i i think we should look for and one i'm going to give you right now we're going to we talked about the players i'm going to talk about the coaching staff and in particular todd bowles and i think over the second half what i need to see from todd bowles is a reason why he should stay. And when I think about Bowles, I compare him to you know some of the great coaches in the league. They're, they're great coaches in the league. You can say, this coach adds X to this team. This, this coach adds Y. There's something tangible. There's a tangible way he improves the team, whether it's you know offensive wizardry, whether it's smart game management, whether it's the ability to develop players, hire a good staff. There are many different ways a head coach can impact the team positively in many tangible ways. You can say, okay, well, this coach does this. This coach does that. I can't come up with one for Todd Bowles. I can't come up with a tangible way that he improves this team. And, you know, some people go over the top. I mean, I've seen people say, oh, these coach, he's not Rich Kotite. Stop it. You, you, either don't, you either weren't around for Rich Kotite or the two, dec- two, dec- the two decades plus have – dulled your memory about how ridiculous the, the Jets were in the Kotite. They're not as bad as they are in the Kotite days. And I don't think Bowles is just like the worst coach in the world, but I don't see that there's much there that makes me think that Bowles is the type of coach who can lead your team to the promised land. So over the second half, I, I need to see something. that I need something Bowles can hang his hat on to make me feel like, okay, this guy's worth continuing with because I'm just not seeing it right now. So that's you know, I think that's an important thing. And finally, the last thing I'm going to say is, the Jets need to. I'm not saying that this team needs to make the playoffs. This, I'm not saying this team needs to finish nine and seven, but the Jets can't keep talking about how it's a process. How you can't judge it only on win. You can't judge it on wins and losses. You can't only judge it on wins and losses, but you can't tell me wins and losses are irrelevant. I mean, when we're, when we're this in, deep into this regime's run, at some point there have to be wins. This is not a team that can afford to you know finish five and eleven again. You know, they, they can't go two and six down the stretch over the, over these last eight games. They need to string together some wins. They need to put together a winning, winning streak or two and end the season on a positive note. Because, you know, at some, when you're rebuilding, it's not always about wins and losses. There, there, there is an element that you're building. And I'm not, I'm not even saying it's all about wins and losses for this team, but they're too deep into this rebuild for wins and losses to be totally irrelevant. This team can't go 5-11 and 11 again. So this team needs to start stacking a few wins. That'll do it for our show today. Thanks for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy the show, subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, or your two best bets, and leave the show a good review on iTunes if you do enjoy it. Hope you have a great Tuesday. We'll be back again tomorrow.